Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. I've been talking about um, operating the supernatural. And I spoke about the gift of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then from verse 1, we read it. I think I'll read it. I think it will be good to read the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and that no man can say Jesus is Lord, say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit, and there are differences of administration by the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given unto every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to to another discernment of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he, as he wills. Here ends the reading of God's word. And I explain what all these gifts mean the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discernment of spirit, interpretation of tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, gift of healing, gift of faith, working of miracles, and the word of prophecy. These are all different gifts, and I explain how they operate. And last week, I came on to explain how to operate the spirit. It's the supernatural. And I spoke about that if you want to operate the supernatural in the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit, number one, what you need is um, seek God's glory. So you, you are doing it because you want God to be glorified. Your focus is that in all this, God will be glorified. The Bible says that when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our, our debts as we forgive those who trespass again. As we forgive our debtors. Verse 12, verse 13, sorry. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oh, down we are about to end. The reason for prayer is not just for you to feel good. The reason for answered prayer is there. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. So God is supposed to receive the glory in Ephesians chapter 
3, verse 21, uh, from, from verse 20 and 21, he said, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you think or you ask or think of, according to the power that works in us, verse 21, unto him be the glory in the church. Unto him, unto God be the glory in the church. The purpose of the existence of the church, ultimate purpose, is that God will be glorified. Somebody say, God be glorified. glorified. Now, it's important to understand that the reason why God will give you that breakthrough is so he'll be glorified. The reason why God wants to use you is for his glory, not for your glory. The reason why God will give you that job, that promotion, the reason why God will give you that big ministry is not for your glory. It's for his glory. In Romans chapter 11, verse 36, he said, for of him, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. For how long? Forever. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So if you want God to use you, you must identify and align yourself with the, of the primary reason why God uses people. And the primary reason why God uses people is for his glory. So if you want to operate the supernatural gift, you must, you must want it for God's glory. So sometimes if you are doing it for God's glory, it means that even if you are dispreferred, as long as God is getting the glory, that's your aim. You want to operate the supernatural Think about how God will be glorified in your life. The way you are so contentious, the way you are so quarrelsome, the way you are so self-centered, I wonder if God can use you in a certain dimension. So, for God's glory. And number two, the reason why, if you want to operate in the supernatural, number two is be Christ-centered. Philip went down to Samaria and preach Christ, and manifestation was just following. Manifestation just, just coming. He didn't have to be trying to God do something. He was preaching Christ. And Bible says in um, Mark chapter 16, verse 20, and they went everywhere preaching. And did you see the impact of, the effect of the preaching? When they went preaching, God decided that, okay, I'm also going to work with those who are preaching. How does he work with them? With accompanying signs and wonders. Or, and confirming the word with signs and wonders. Following. Following what? Following their preaching. They went preaching. And do you know what they were preaching? They preached Christ. When you are Christ-centered, you don't struggle to see miracles done by God. You don't struggle to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life when you are Christ-centered. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it calls him the Spirit of Christ. What? Hallelujah. Number three. Somebody learning something? Number three. Desire. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Desire spiritual gifts. Follow after charity and desire spirit. Oh, so you can want it. Yeah, you can. And so you can want, oh God, I want you to use me with in the gifts, in a certain way, I want you to use me. And when you desire spiritual gifts, 
it pushes you to do things, to pay the price, to get it. And you, most people who desire spiritual gifts end up having spiritual gifts. But it's one thing operating in spiritual gifts. It's another thing staying in it. Some people operate, but afterwards they don't because they have, um, their focus, their drive, their purpose has shifted. Are you getting it? So, desire spiritual gifts. Tell somebody, desire spiritual gifts. Say to the person again, desire spiritual gifts. Tell the person, okay, I will desire spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. I will desire spiritual gifts. By God's grace, I have the, the privilege, I've been graced with the privilege of standing before you and teaching because I've always desired the grace to teach from the time I got born again. I've always desired it. The grace to teach, the grace to teach, the grace to operate in the spirit. It's a desire. When you see me operating at a certain level, it didn't come because God one day was thinking, yeah, I've got a good day, let me let David do it. No. I desired it. But even the desire is God-given. Yeah. So anytime you have a godly desire, Bible says that it's God who works, Philippians chapter 2 again, it's God who works in you to produce the desire. It's God who is at work in you to uh, it's God who is at work in you to both will and to do of his good pleasure. Say, I will do of his good pleasure. God has to produce the desire in you. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. And then, number four. I took so much time on this consecration. Because when you are preaching to young people, the subject of consecration is quite necessary. It's always necessary for every believer. But young people, especially because of energy, internal energy, he motions and she motions. And, you know, when you are young, you are stronger. Youthfulness is a time of strength. Strong. That's why there are some courses you have to do it when you are young. Don't wait to be a grandmother before you go for adult education. But sometimes it's wiser to attempt something to better yourself. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah, maybe small parts will be open for you. Because major part of destiny is discovered when you are younger. I am standing here because I started, listen, people don't know. I started full time, full time, just the work of God, 28 years ago, 1995. This year will be 29 years. Preaching everywhere. You no, know, I got born again 33 years ago, and I was preaching everywhere. But like, now mission work, traveling, doing God's work, nothing, just the work of God. Uh, I just left everything. I left everything. Like Peter said, we have abandoned all. We've left all to follow you. I left everything. So, this is kind of, in just my limited life, 28 and a half years of 
ministry equity. He doesn't show up just because you want to do something yesterday. So take your time. Be patient. Just serve God. Do it. After a long time, begin to show. You can't hide it. Why? Because a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 37. It says that it's good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. That's the best time to do a lot of things. 27, not 37, sorry. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. When you are young, that's when the, the extreme, oh, fastings. I'm still fasting, I've been fasting because Bishop Oedipo said, and Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams said, you can't be eating seven days a week and expect a move in the, in the Holy Spirit like that. No, you have to be fasting. Look at their level. These men, great men of God, has, have been serving God and serving nations and generations for many years. And at their age, they still fast. And you have been eating normal. <laughs> Holy Spirit, use me. Holy, <laughs> Holy Spirit, use me. You drank coke. <laughs> Holy Spirit, use me. Holy Spirit. <laughs> No, no. You can't eat normal and expect to be used unusually. There is dedication and there's a sacrifice. There's a price to pay. Catherine Coleman was asked, what does it cost to uh, walk in an anointing or pray to have the anointing? said, the anointing will cost you everything. Sometimes it will cost you your convenience, cost you your comfort, cost you money, cost you friends, cost you peace with your brother, your sister, because they don't like the way you are serving God. You are so hungry for God, and they don't like that. It will cost you so much. It will cost you your friends. It will cost you everything. The anointing costs me everything. Hallelujah. So when you are young, that's when you have strength to push. Please, I beg you, listen to me. I want to share something with you from my heart. Most of you are so young, but not too young to be used by God. Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example of the believers in, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, and in faith, and in purity. Don't let anyone despise your youth or despise you because you are young. God can use young people. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your young men, yeah, he said, your young men, the Bible was very clear, he said, your young men shall see visions. Old people are dreaming, but young people are seeing. David was called by God when he was very young. No wonder he did so much. Mary conceived Jesus some theologians believe she was 17. Others go very far saying she was about 15 or 13 or so, but I believe she was around 17. Very important. In Israel, once you are 20, you can be enlisted in the army, like in the Bible, Israel, I mean. Bible times, 20 years and above, let them go into the army. So that means 20 years and above, you can do ministry. But so before 20, what do you do? Get yourself ready. Get warming up. 
have the desire, be building, and these things I'm teaching, begin to incorporate them, inculcate them in your life, getting ready. You'll be shocked. But you don't have to be 20 before you see revelations, before you operate in the gift of the Spirit. No, 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 that one is not 20. You can operate in the gift of the Spirit. But to pastor a church, you must be 20 and above. So, in your youth, you can do so much. Or, let's put it this way, you can have maximum preparation when you are young. That's why footballers now, they get them very younger, far younger in their teenage years. And they start taking them to football academy and training them, getting them ready. So if you want to be a professional footballer, you are 23, you haven't started, please, this. For Gary, May, it's still, it's too late, mate. So time is of the essence. Bible says time and chance happens to them all. God will always give you the chance to do something within a certain time. So if you want to operate in the gift of the spirit, you have to, when you are young, your energies can be channeled wrongly. Young people can easily be tempted. Nowadays, many young people have been distracted by social media. Most of us spend chunk of our times on social media. You go to the library and for one hour, library time, you are on TikTok. You are on Instagram. Facebook. And you are taking Snapchat of yourself in the library. The best time to pursue education is when you are young. That's why most times you live with your parents. So you don't work. So you can study. You can work. But work is academics. You don't pay bills most of the time. So you can work. But after a certain age, sometimes parents will make you pay bills just to train you to be responsible. But you need time. It's serious time. That's what will determine, to a large extent, the, the outcome of your destiny, uni. Because if you, whatever you are doing, your training will show. Am I communicating something? Oh, but is, this thing is just about the spirit. I don't want to always be tempted to point to Paul's impact because of his education is primarily because of his encounters. But he could write so much because he was an academic. It's important. Paul could stand before Caesar and defend himself. Without a lawyer. They brought the Jews, brought Tertullius. Very eloquent guy. But Paul stood before Felix and Festus and spoke. He said, Felix, chapter 26, verse 1. Felix, Paul, speak for yourself. Speak. And Paul spoke for himself. Agrippa, Agrippa. He said, You are free to speak for yourself. Paul stretched for himself and said, Thank you for giving me the chance. He knew how to present his case. 
the, the, the book of Romans is a very academic, intellectual book. So, now, consecration, when you are strong, because if you are not careful, you spend your energy, instead of serving God, having sex. And sex wastes a lot of young people's time, especially those God wants to use. So consecration, the energy, you have to use the energy. We need to talk about consecration because there's a drive in the wrong direction. Is there anyone here who identifies with what I'm talking about? There are quite a few genuine people here who identify with what I'm talking about. There is a natural drive. It's not hard drive. <laughs> this one is a soft drive. But it drives you very hard. <laughs> and so you need to be aware and have consecration on your mind. Consecration is you separate yourself for God from all kinds of infiltrations and things that will contaminate your work with God. Use your energy, not in the wrong direction. Sometimes when you feel there's so much energy, you have to do some things that's leading you Just do preaching. Just go do evangelism. It might help you. And you shed some of the energy. Pray, pray and sweat. It will, it will calm down your nerves. Say consecration. You want to operate in the supernatural. Number one, you must seek God's glory. Number two, Christ-centered. Number three, consecration. Number four, oh, sorry, number three, desire. Number four, consecration. Number five, servitude. God uses people who serve. You are in customer service. You want to go into customer service, but you don't like dealing with people. <laughs> no, find something else. Maybe you can go into software programming. But if you want to do customer service, you must be interested in people. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, verse 2 lesson, verse 2 says that if, if you have heard of the dispensation of God, dispensation means the administration of God. The Greek word is oikonomia, or better word, stewardship. Amplified Bible, the stewardship of God given to me, the dispensation. It says that, assuming you have heard of the stewardship of the grace of God, you see, of God's grace, his unlimited favor. That was, watch this, the grace of God, the stewardship of it, a steward is someone who is in possession of something that is not his, but has been entrusted into his hands for others. So, air steward. They are, the food is not theirs. The things they are serving on the flight is not theirs. It's yours. It is for the passengers. They bring it to the passengers. They bring it to the... If you are caught eating the food for the passengers, you will be sacked. Because it's not your... When you finish, you pack it in your bag. Passengers say, can I have a Coke? He says, no, sorry, we don't have Coke. They put it in your bag. They put it... You'll be fired. <laughs> because you are not a steward. A steward is... You have been entrusted with another man's good to use it to serve others. Now, watch this. How can 
the, okay, let's finish this. If, if, you have, if you have heard of the, the stewardship of the grace of God given to me, for you, not for me, for you. So if you don't want to be in people's service, how then can God use you? You want God to give you a word of knowledge, for what? Word of wisdom, for what? Word of prophecy, for what? Working of miracle, for what? Gift of healings, for what? Gift of faith, for what? You want God to use you, but you are not into people's service? Forget it. Luke 22, Jesus said, I am amongst you as one who serves. God uses servants. So if you want God to use you, if you want to catch spiritual gifts and super, operate in the supernatural, you must have a heart of service. In other words, start the process of serving. <laughs> Some people always ask me. This is one question I always tend to get. How do you remember scriptures? It's because I use the scriptures serving. Let me show you something. You think I'll forget the scripture that says, the, the, the reference for the scripture that says, let every man not do anything out of vain glory. You know, I was trying to say, is it Romans, uh, Philippians? But now, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Because I just use it seven. So next time when I'm talking to some people, it's easy, it's, it's at my fingertips. It's my service that helps me to be effective. You, you want God. People ask me, how do I know my spiritual gift? I don't know until you start serving. But what if I'm not called to sing? Start singing, we will know. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm called to be an usher to serve people. How do you know? How do you know? Start the action. I think I'm, maybe you're actually called to serve in children's ministry. But you won't know till you start serving. How do you learn how to swim without wanting to jump into water? You want to swim, but you don't want to be wet. You want to learn how to swim, but you don't want to be wet. You can't learn how to swim by correspondence. <laughs> You want how to learn, you want to know, learn how to drive, what do you do? Get behind the wheels. Yeah. You want to know what God has called you to be doing, start doing something. You realize that you do it, it's seamless, and the results is impactful. And you enjoy it. You are, that's when you begin to know, oh, I think I'm good at this. It, my spiritual father always knew there's something great in me, but he knew me and the church. Um, when I was in Ghana, my church, they knew me as a praise and worship leader, not a singer. There's a difference between a singer and a praise and worship leader. I hope you know that. Most, some praise and worship leaders are not good with singing. But the way they lead the praise and worship, even if you don't want to dance, you feel like, oh, I have to praise God. Have that, this guy, this, <laughs> this guy has gone. <laughs> when I used to do praise and worship, I would jump on your seat. 
don't jump and come there. I'll go here. I'll be jumping. The thing is, the zeal of the Lord has consumed me so much. I, I, I don't know why you can't sing. And the way I'm singing, I'm praising God. I'll come and be dancing if everybody. Else. I, I used to get invitations to places to go and lead praise and worship. That used to be my primary assignment. But the question, how did I know I can do praise and worship? When I got born again in secondary school, we had what is called the scripture union. When I joined the scripture union, when it's time for praise and worship, uh, we, we all be clapping and then somebody will, so um, let's say we are singing song, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise God, oh, okay. Glory be to God in the highest, hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. Then we are singing then. Once we, we are singing, another person starts another song. You have done so much for me. I can't. But it's not coordinated. It's not coordinated. And I was wondering what's going on. But you see, the church I was in, my church used to be called Central Gospel Church. Dr. Mensah Otabel was my first pastor. And the church I was in, when we go to church, there's someone coming and leading praise and worship, Reverend Eric Quapon. And I saw it can be done. So I went back to school and this black and white, and sometimes some songs are slow, and you drop it when we are singing fast song. It's So I came to the front, because no one usually been, and I started leading. We are singing. One day we are going for a co- conference in our school track, and I was standing in front of them, and I was singing and leading praises with my energy. I love the thing. And now I became, when I get a chance, I'm doing it. Now I became a praise and worship leader. That's how come I have an album. You want to start by doing an album in the studio so people can hear your song and invite you to come and do praise and worship. <laughs> so how do you discover your gift? By serving. Service puts you in service. Serving. Serve. Look for every opportunity. One of the most wicked things the COVID lockdown did to Christians is it denied them opportunity to serve. What is the, what is the beauty of a, Christian's, a, a, a Christian life that doesn't have service to other Christians? I always come to say, amen, <laughs> amen. If, if this preacher is good, <laughs> amen, amen. The, the rating of your Christian life has a lot to do with your service to the body of Christ. Did you hear what I said? The rating of your Christian effectiveness, let me put it that way. Christian effectiveness is not the fact that you don't steal because there are other, in, other people in other religions who don't steal. Not the fact that you don't fornicate. Not the fact that you don't do wrong. You don't do that. I don't do, I don't. Almost every religion comes with don't do this, don't do that, I don't do this, I don't. It's just naturally religious not to do something. And actually, natural common sense tells you a lot of things is not good to do. So the way you used to smoke and you are killing your lungs, and now you are born again, you stop smoking. Well then, but that is just basic. It's like you at your age, at your age, 90-year-old boy, you are going to mom to give you money because you brush your teeth. Mom, look, <laughs> I brush my teeth, mom. I think you haven't finished growing up. You, you don't have to be rewarded 
for bath, bathing. When you are an adult, you don't have to be rewarded for doing what is responsible. When you are a mother, why should you reward you for feeding your children? You don't need to be rewarded for feeding your children. Listen to what I didn't say. Don't go and tell mom. After all, you've done it. It's your, it's your job. Hey! It's not your place to tell that to your mom because you are bringing yourself into, into a very dangerous state and it, life will bite you. You always owe your mother and your father thanks. You always be grateful for my mom, grateful for my dad. What they, even if it was their responsibility, be grateful. Be grateful and show you are grateful. It puts you in another level of favor in life where you show gratitude to your parents and people who have helped you in life. But the point I'm making here is when you don't, if you don't sin, and you say, we should clap for you. Pastor, clap for me because for two weeks I've not watched pornography. But, but what were you expecting? <laughs> I'm shocked that is only two weeks and not two years. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is good behavior is standard practice. Basic, average, standard practice for just being a person of faith. That's basic. So if you're a person of faith and your behavior falls below standard behavior, it doesn't speak well of your so-called faith you have. This is a just general public approach to life. But to serve the church for the building of the church, that one, it takes a certain understanding, a certain heart for God. Jesus said, Simon, John chapter, chapter 21, verse 15, that was. Simon, Simon, do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord. Feed, not your people, my lamb. Simon, Simon, do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord, you know. Feed my sheep. Simon, the third time. Simon, do you love me more than this? Simon was, but Jesus, you, you know why you ask me this? Yes, you know I do. He said, feed. The only, the only thing that validates your genuine love for Christ is your attitude towards the church. Your service. You have to feel very uncomfortable if you have been in church for over a period of time and you don't serve. It leaves a question mark, spiritual question mark. So on your spiritual, uh, on your, your, uh, the authenticity of your spirituality or your rating. Because it's like when you are working, you know when you watch um, uh, maybe some programming or something, you see someone is working and there's, yeah, football. Then when they are doing documentary, maybe football, someone scores the goal, they can put the halo around the person and everybody, when, the, who has, you remember that, card? I don't watch football, but at least I've seen one or two. The same way, sometimes, if you are a Christian and you've been a Christian for a while and there's no service, you are out of service, there's a question mark spiritually on your, something is not complete, it's there. You don't see it, but when the angels are bringing package, they see, okay, oh no, there's a question here, so they leave it. There's a question. 
It's, it's like there, there is something incomplete about your life. Let alone you want to go, what God, you want to pray spiritual gifts and you are not in service. What for then? It looks like it's just for your ego. Ego. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if you want to pray spiritual gifts, you must be in active service and regular service. I'm not doing this, what I'm doing because I'm a pastor. I'm doing it because I love Jesus. Before I became a pastor, I was doing it. There has not been any change. The pastoral title has no change. It's just actually giving me opportunity even to do it more. Let me add one. Number one is what? See God. Number two? Number three? Number four? Number five? Number six? Faith. Faith. Someone shall faith. Faith. Shall faith. Faith. Shall faith. Faith. Anything in the spirit or with God, anything with God has to be on the platform of faith. The just shall live by faith. It always must be on the platform of faith. Faith. Have faith in God. Pastor, so if I want to preach in the spirit, oh yes, it takes faith. Sometimes God will tell, Jesus will speak to you, and if you don't have faith, you, you say, no, this can't be true. I'm afraid. I, I, what if I tell, if I say it? What if I, maybe someone is sick, and God wants to use you in the gift of healing. But you are thinking, what if I pray and they don't get healed? They will think I'm fake, so I won't pray. No, no, no. You are, you are just trying to create the platform for God to show up. And then if they don't get healed, you didn't make them sick anyway. <laughs> you are just trying to help. You are just trying to help. Hallelujah. But faith matters. You can't make any progress in your walk with God without faith. Faith. I'm crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith. Oh, yes. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Faith. This life is a life of faith. It's a life of faith. It's a life of faith. Trust. Faith is more about you believe... Um, you trust uh, or, okay, let me put it this way. You do things based on the reliableness of God. You know God is trustworthy. He's reliable. That's why you are taking this step. That's faith. When you believe God is trustworthy, he's reliable. He will not let you down. You believe in his word and take steps. That's faith. If you want to operate spiritual gifts, you need to be a woman of faith. You need to be a man of faith. When it comes to spiritual gifts, gender doesn't matter. No, no, no. Gender doesn't matter. Gender really has to do with family life. It has more to do because you need gender to have two different genders to have a 
proper family life. You understand that? So you need, because without two genders, how can positive and positive produce electricity? You know, you need positive and negative. You need um, a female and a male. That's, that's, that's how life is. Many scientific stuff, you need male, female. Male, female. Even in the circulation of the blood in the body, the arteries and their veins, it's like mainly, you can't make all of them sending blood one place. It doesn't work. Or taking blood out. No, one is sending, one is taking out. And things like that. In the same way, have you ever seen someone who was born and he doesn't have the involvement of a father? No. Unless you are, you are a messiah. <laughs> it takes a male and a female to produce another human being. Don't forget that. Even in the animal kingdom or in the veget, 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 um, vegetation kingdom, life, it takes, you know, pollination. Oh, come on. It, it takes a male and a female to produce another human being. So genders are necessary for this. You know, the different genders, different sex. That's why I think one of my daughters asked me a very intelligent question. They tend to ask me very hard questions. And I told them, sometimes your questions are too hard. Asked me that, um, so that is, um, is the man, is, is every woman under a man, under men? You know, I've forgotten how she phrased. I said, no. The Bible never said women should submit to men. He never said that. Where, where did you get that from? He never said women should submit. He said wives should submit to their husbands. And even the husband said, your own husband, not somebody else's husband. <laughs> so you come to church, you're saying that the woman should submit to you. Who says who? Which Bible have you been reading? He said, we should submit one to another. Submission is a universal thing in the church. It's not a gender thing. Because in the Bible, he said, there's no male, there's no female. So why are you bringing that in? When it comes to the work of God, the purpose of God, agenda of God, no male, no female. But there are some roles that are played better by men, and there are some roles that are played better by women. However, there's no male, there's no female. So when it comes to male, female, God created male, female for the one of the major purposes for that is to depict God's eternal economy. God's eternal economy. How God is projected in scripture as the male. And the church is projected in scripture. Not God, I'm sorry, not God. Christ. Okay, but still the same. But let's, let's say. And then the church is projected in scripture as the female. Husbands! Love your wives. Ask Christ. Listen, listen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. See how there, there are some pronouns there. Husbands, love your wives. How should I do it? As Christ loved the church and gave himself, himself for it. When you read some, I think, uh, new, uh, the King James Version, you know, some people say he gave himself for her. For her. 
Look at the next verse. That he might present, he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the way. Look at the next verse, 27. That he might present her to himself. So even the church is a her. It's a universal bride. And Christ is the universal husband. So marriage, the genders are typifying something bigger than humanity. It's typifying, it's reflecting something higher than just us here. It's reflecting God's eternal agenda. That's why right from the beginning, he said, you know, I can't keep it only man. Only man won't work. It's not good for man to be alone. Let's get a counterpart. Oh, you remember the counterpart? Yeah. Let's, 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 let's get a counterpart. And the revelation ends with marriage between the church and Christ. The church as the bride, the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ. And they ever, they ever live happily, they live happily ever after. So don't let anybody intimidate you because you are a male or you are female. When it comes to who God will use, just make yourself available. Your gender doesn't matter at all. And no man should say women should submit to men. For, for what? No. Maybe in other religions, yes. But God doesn't permit that in, his, in Christianity. Jesus resurrected and took women to go, go and see and come and tell. Where were the men? Where were the men? When he resurrected, he showed himself first to a woman. Ah, the first person to go and preach to a whole city and bring them was a woman, Samaria. So come, he, brought, he went and brought the men of the city. I've seen Jesus. Well, so serve, and God will use you. Amen. If you want to operate spiritual gifts, number one, seek God's glory. Number two, be Christ centered. Number three, Desire, number four, consecration. consecration. Number five, servitude. servitude. Number six, faith. faith. Number seven, next week. Oh. Did you receive something? Oh. Let's put our hands together for God. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.